All right, thanks for that. Thank you for all the singers this morning. We did forget one announcement. We have a ladies' fellowship. We do it every year, and it is tremendous. Uh, it's going to be February 23rd. It is um, the Voyage of Virtue, okay? The Voyage of Virtue. I think it's having a, a, a steamboat theme or something. 7 o'clock costs us $20. encourage you to be there. The ladies do a fantastic job with this, and it's decked out. It's, 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 this is the difference between the men and the ladies. When we have a men's meeting, we show up out in the parking lot, we eat meat, and then we come in and someone preaches at us and we go home, right? Barbecue pits, you name it, we have a great time. Uh, the ladies do a fantastic job. They decorate it, the tables are nice, the theme is great, you dress up, and then um, they have a speaker. And so uh, if you've not been to one of these, I encourage you very strongly to go. It will be well worth your time and you will love it. And, uh, and so I encourage you. By the way, we read the scripture today. I'm, those names, you say, man, pastor, what about all those names in the Bible? You realize that's the Mike and Toms of their day, okay? It's just a little bit different. So uh, we went with it. Daniel did, the, did a good job. You guys did a fantastic job. Um, but uh, no one's naming their, their kids that anymore, all right? So um, we are in a little series we're doing with our theme for the year, More Church. And... Um, Again, in our, our, our theme verse is Hebrews 10.25, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. That's what church is. As the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. That means encouraging. And so much the more. Not just more. Not, so, not much more. So much the more. And uh, church, I, I can look back on my life, really. Uh, when I started living for God, and I decided this is the direction I wanted to go, and I, st- I got my Bible, and I started reading it, other than that, the greatest thing to help me is when I just, I just said, I'm going to church. I'm going to be a part of this church. I'm coming to everything, and I want to grow in my faith. And God just started working, and, and I learned so much, and I was so helped. And so um, and that's why church is very important to me. And we've looked at several things, and I want to look at something, something today. Now, there's two types of people in this world. Those that are organized those who are disorganized. Okay, how many of you would count yourself, and it doesn't mean you're bad. I'm one, my wife's one. Uh, how many of you would count yourself, I'm organized? <clears throat> how many of you were like, Pastor, not so much? Okay. How many of you guys remember Brother Sean Rogg? Brother Sean Rogg was our financial guy. We did not encourage people to go into his office. People used to go in there and pay things. I'm like, we're not doing that anymore. You would go into Brother Sean Rogg's office. I kid you not. It was a mess. And the fact there was papers everywhere, stacks everywhere. I would go in there. I'm an organized guy. I'd get a headache. But I'd say, Brother Sean Rogg, I need this. And he goes, he'd like, 75th paper underneath the fourth thing, pull it out. There it is. I'm like, I don't know how that works for you, but that doesn't work for me, okay? So uh, I, I hate disorganization. I like, I like patterns. I like structure, okay? If we're going to do something in the church, it's like we're doing this. First thing I do is sit down. I lay it all out, pattern, boom, boom, boom. We're, re- we're restarting patch in a couple months. And, uh, and so I, I, I pulled out all the patch things. I sat down for like three hours, and I laid it all out on paper. Here's what we got to do. Here's what blah, 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 and that's me. Now you're like, I'm psychotic. Now my wife is different. If I said, honey, we're having patch, 
on uh, May 5th, she would show up on May 5th, no paperwork, no, no checklist, no nothing, and the thing would fly. I'm like, I don't know how you do it, but just, I got a headache. Just leave me alone, okay? So I like, I like patterns. By the way, in the Bible, there are patterns, right? You know the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is not something you just pray word for word. It's a pattern. It's an outline of the things that we should pray for. As we've been reading through Exodus, and God was telling them to, to make the tabernacle, what did he do? He gave Moses a, a list, a pattern that they are to follow. And I like that. And, um, and I think it's very, very helpful. I also think that church should be, should be in, in a sense, organized. And the Bible word is orderly. I don't like disorder. You know, I, I know. And, and if it works for them, that's fine. They'll come in and like, I just didn't play anything. The Spirit's going to lead. The Spirit doesn't work that way. The, wor the Spirit works within order and structure. And so I like that. You know, one reason, I, look, small things irritate me. I should tell you one. Like, I never, ever, when I come up, want to call for the ushers to come down. You say, Pat, I know people, and it's not a big deal. Like, all right, ushers are going to come down, we're we'll taking the offering. Like, they know we're taking the offering. Why should I have to call them down? And I know, you say, you're psychotic. I know I am. Pray for me. Okay? I just, li I like that. So, so but, but I think church ought to be orderly because here's the reason. I think church is a big deal. And I think, I, think, I think God is a big deal. And I believe the greatness of the church uh, should, the, the, the order of the church should reflect the greatness of our God, right? And so I want us to see a little bit of that today and encourage us <clears throat> when it comes to being in church and our church services. There are two Old Testament books about the Jews returning to Jerusalem. One of them is Nehemiah, the other is the book of Ezra. Ezra went first, and Ezra rebuilt the temple. And then afterwards, Nehemiah went, and God had him rebuild the wall. The wall was for protection. Now, in our mind, if I was thinking about it, I would think the first thing you go and do is get the wall fixed. Let's get some protection in here. But it was almost symbolic of the fact that the most important thing, it was the spiritual aspect of their country. Because the reason they were in trouble in the first place is because they had backed track from God, and that allowed the enemies to take them over, and there's no amount of walls that's going to fix that. And so uh, now we're to the part, Ezra's done, here comes Nehemiah, and he's going to rebuild the wall. And after they get done, they have really what I call in chapter 8, it's kind of like a church service. They're going to get together. And they're going to they're gonna worship the Lord. And they're going to have a service together. And that's what I want to look at. Because I think that church ought to stand for something. I think what we do in our services ought to have some meaning. And I think there ought to be some structure to it. And there ought to be, in, in everything we do, it should bring honor and glory to God. You can do a lot of things to try to attract a crowd. But if they're not scriptural or biblical, you don't have a right to do it. They're going to attract a crowd at a couple of football stadiums today. Okay? Not against football. I'm against the fact that none of my teams are playing, but I'm not against football. But there's nothing spiritual about that. Okay? It's, it's, and so we could do things like that. I get, I, and I've mentioned before, I get irritated. There's a lot of nonsense in our services that are going, in church services this morning somewhere that really have nothing to do with God, and I don't think I honor him. 
I mentioned before, you know, churches now, they'll use secular music. They'll get up and sing for 25 music. They'll use secular music because maybe there's a point, there's something in that secular song that'll help build the message. Show me that in the Bible. You're not supposed to use that kind of nonsense. If you want to show truth from the Bible, here's the, here's the best way to do it. Use the Bible. Okay, I just like, saves a lot of time. The gospel, I remember we saw one. And uh, here was their series. It was called The Gospel According to Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Ringo, George, and uh, who am I missing? One of the, Paul. That's blasphemy. And there's, there is, and I'm not against those guys, but none of them are Christians. Their songs aren't about God. Why would we want to bring that into the church? What about, and I mentioned, I get irritated in the summer, all these churches, we're going to do uh, sermons on movies. Does the pastor read the Bible? I mean, what are we doing here? One of them, they dressed up like Toy Story. The wife was one thing, and the husband was another, and he looked like he was feminized. It's like, my wife thought it was a good idea. That's why you tell her no. I'm just, I'm just like, I mean, what is that? Bar, the bar, they're preaching the Barbie movie. Barbie needs to get her act together. She should have married G.I. Joe and not Ken. She's not going to pull that stuff with, with G.I. Joe. It's like, hey, do that. Excuse me? Sister, you sit back here. I'm going to war, okay? Oh, here's one that's coming up. And by the way, we'll never do this. Churches shut down because of the Super Bowl. Now look. You say, past, and I, it's easy to preach against that because our teams never make it. And then a couple years ago, the Rams made it. And I'm like, well, let me rethink this. You know, no. Record it. Go home, watch it later. But the point is this. Church should be about pleasing God, not pleasing ourselves. And it's not that we can't do things as a church. We have activities. We do things. Don't get me wrong. But I think the focus ought to be on God. Charles Spurgeon said this, and we're talking about 120 years ago or more. He talked about some of the preachers in his day in churches. He said they are more interested in entertaining the goats than feeding the sheep. And so I just want I just, to, I just, I just personally think that God deserves more. And I think people that come to church, you deserve more as well. And so... And so we need to have the right ingredients. If you bake something, if you put the wrong ingredient in, you got issues. How many ever made something and you messed up on our ingredient? It's like, how come this tastes like train wreck, right? And it's like, you look, oh, I forgot that right there. I should have put that thing in there. And so it's very important that we get that. So in this, and I'll briefly go through it, in this chapter, we see a lot of important things about a service. A church service for God that we need to have. What is there in there? First of all, there's gathering. Look at verse 1 of, of Nehemiah chapter 8. By the way, we're not going to read the names again. I appreciate all of them that were there, but I'm not going to pronounce their names. And so, there's gathering. Verse 1. And all the people gathered themselves together as one man. Now, this is simplicity. You cannot have church if we're not here. 
There, a church is a gathering of people, a called out assembly. That's why our verse said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Remember when you were in, in a grade school, they would have assemblies, right? And you would go in there and they would show you, you know, based on something that was going on and the whole school would come together. Well, it's assembly. Was it? They got together for a specific purpose. And when we're coming to church, it starts with being together. We saw that in Acts, that they that gladly received his word were baptized and the same day were added unto them. Who? The church. And then verse 47 of Acts 2, and the, uh, 2 says that the Lord added unto them. Who? The church. The people that were meeting together to honor and glorify God. And so church starts when we come to church. And let me say this. Church attendance is a vital part of your Christian life. You can't. I don't know any dynamic Christians who are doing everything that God wants them to do. And they're interested in all the things that God wants them to do. And the purpose for which God called the church, I don't know any Christians that are doing that if they're not attached to a church. That's why the Bible talks about when we're at church together that we are encouraging each other. You think about the church. Why is the church a big deal? Christ sacrificed himself for the church. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 to 27 he says this, by the way, if you're, if, you're, if you're a husband, this is a tough one. Husbands, love your wives. You say, that's easy. Even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Try that one, that's rough. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present it unto himself a glorious church, not having spot, wrinkle, or any such, that it should be holy and without blemish. But he loved the church and he gave himself for it. What do you mean he gave it? He gave his time? No, he gave his life. It's a big deal to him. And so if church is a big deal to him, it should be a big deal to us. I believe church is a gift that God gave to his people to encourage, strengthen, and help them to make it. Now, around here, when we think of church, we don't, we don't just promote church. We've always promoted more church. We believe to be a super dynamic Christian, you ought to practice what we call for to flourish. That means being a part of an adult Sunday school class. If you're new and maybe you've just been coming into the morning service, uh, at 9.30, we have uh, adult classes, different age groups, different things you can go to. Why? They're smaller groups. You can get to know people, right? When you're coming in here on Sunday morning, your main thought is, where's my seat? Did I lose my seat? Do I have my seat? I don't want to, you know, and I know it's nice to have the balcony. Y'all get to sit in the balcony now, and we're not all crushed on each other. But it's like, you know, you, there's, and you get to talk to a few people, but it's not as easy. Our adult classes you can come to, you know, they'll have refreshments, and you can get there a little early. You get to meet some people in the church. It's hard to be exhorted by somebody or to exhort somebody, encourage them. If you don't know them. So our class, and then with our Sunday morning service, you're here, but also Sunday night. And on Thursday night, we have our Bible study. And I'm really excited when we start patch, we'll have, uh, for, for uh, uh, those that drive in, we'll have it on Thursday. Our bus ministry, we'll have it on Sunday night for them. But really excited about all the different things we do. By the way, if you have a family. We have classes for all of your children. But we think that, that look, that was a huge thing that helped me. I didn't know what to do. I just said, I want to serve God. I'm going to go to every service. That's all I knew. And I started learning, and God started working in my life, and it, and it helped me, and it has continued to help me. So if we're going to have church, and we're going to have, we need to gather together, and I encourage you to do that. Secondly, there's Bible. There's a Bible. 
Verse 2, and Ezra the priest bought, brought the law before the congregation both of men and women and all that could hear with understanding upon the first day of the seventh month. Verse 3, and he read therein upon the, before the street that was before the water gate. That's not the Richard Nixon thing, okay? So uh, from morning until midday before the men and the women and those that could understand and the ears of all the people were, were attentive unto the book of the law. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people, and he opened it, and all the people stood up. In other words, what the Bible said, the word of God was foundational. And that, by the way, that's why we read it together. I think that we should publicly read the scripture together. And that's why we do that when, when we're starting, uh, right before the special, we do our, our service. But the Bible is very important. If you can go to a church and you don't need a Bible, you sh that's not a church you need to go to. And I, I, what I mean by that, everything we say, there should be something foundational in the Bible that backs it up. Not just, oh, I heard a thought today. And I, I say this jokingly, but I've heard enough messages to hear this. Some of them are nothing more than spiritual TED Talks. They're nothing more than a motivational spiritual speaker. There's no truth. There's no pointing to the Bible. There, look, and I get it. Some things are good suggestions, but I want to know the foundation of my life needs to be built on the Word of God. And I think that's very important for us. And we shy away from it. We're not, and I'm not against, you know, we, we have kids' plays or whatever every now and then, but, but church is not a place for drama. Well, pastor, I'm just into the arts, and I just think that we can communicate Scripture. Look, look, we're going to use the Bible, okay? If you want to act, act at home. Uh, have a good time with them. Not, but, but again, you know, I think the Bible's got to be front and center. We're not here to entertain, although you can have a good time. Don't get me wrong. We, we want to we go home challenged by, hey, the word of God. That's what changes your life. Okay? And so some call it, we're going to show you video clips of movies. Why? Well, we're going to show you that culture backs up scripture. I, culture doesn't back up anything. You can show one clip from a movie, and maybe there's something that the Bible talks about, but the other 95% percent is, percent is garbage. It has nothing to do with the Scripture. What, what, did God tell us? We're, I, I, I could just see Apostle Paul doing that. Okay? You know, some video. We're not going to do that. We're going to talk about script. I want the Bible to be here. That's why I encourage you. Get, the, get a Bible. You don't have one, you can find one. We have them here. And, uh, but the Bible talks about every issue that we will ever face in life. You know that? You say, well, the Bible just talks about spiritual things. Everything's spiritual to a Christian. Your finances are a train wreck. That's going to affect you spiritually, mentally, emotionally. The Bible talks about these things. It talks about parenting. It talks about marriage. It talks about relationships. All these different things are front and center in the Scripture. And so I think there ought to also be front and center here. I've heard someone say one time that in a lot of churches, and I'm not church bashing, I'm just telling you what we're, we're going to do. They said in a lot of churches, the scripture is nothing more than the national anthem at the beginning of a sporting event. It sounds good, but it has nothing to do with what's going to follow once they're done singing. It, uh, it should not be that way. We ought to have the scripture. The Bible is important. And, uh, and so all of us. Thirdly, there's a purpose. There's purpose. Look at verse 4. They didn't just show up to this thing. It was, it was something that they planned for. And Ezra the scribe, verse 4, stood upon a pulpit of wood. By the way, I'm not going to do that. 
This is the platform. Let's just call it the pulpit. I'm not going to stand up on top of this. I'm sure it was part of the whole platform situation, but you'd be wondering, like, I wonder if he's going to trip. Okay? You know, that would, that would be entertaining, wouldn't it? Not doing that. But you, you ought to wait out be good. And so, they had, which they had made for the purpose. In other words, they knew it was coming, and they prepared themselves for it. Do you know, I think we ought to be prepared for church. And I'm not just talking about us, right? I mean, I know sometimes some of them, it's a joke, maybe in the South or a little more. Well, I'm going to get up and sing, y'all pray for me. Like, practice, okay? Let's be ready. Let's know what we're doing. Now, what does that mean? Do you know as a family, I think we ought to prepare for church. I think we ought to just say, look, it's Sunday morning. I know I'm going to church because that's what God wants me to do. I'm going to the services. Nothing is going to derail me. And let me say this. Be prepared. Saturday night should not be the night, you know, um, that you're up until midnight. Man, you come dragging in and the Filipino coffee can't even wake you up. I joke about the Filipino coffee. I'm like, man, if you put it in a styrofoam cup, it's going to eat through. That stuff is strong. That stuff can't even wake you up. Okay? But we're not ready. And your kids are up, and then you wonder why. Sometimes children, they misbehave not because they're little demons. They're tired. Right? How many know I'm talking about? Oh, that little kid's wonderful. Until they didn't take a nap. Then it's like, man, that's Satan's child right there. That kid doesn't need a spank, and that kid needs a nap. You know, hey, kids, we're going to church tomorrow. Let's get to bed. Let's be ready to go. And you look, be prepared, because you know what's going to happen? Something's always going to come up. Well, the last minute, like, you know, okay, I need, it's like, just say no. Remember, the, remember those? Just say no to drugs. Just say no to missing. Be ready to go, be involved, come to church willing to receive. I want to hear what's going on. I want to be blessed by the music. I want to be blessed by the scripture. I want to be all in on what's going on. And I'm a pastor, I have to say this, be ready with your tithe. Pastor, I knew that was coming. Then why are you shocked? Okay, have that ready. I usually give it at night, and uh, on Saturday, through Simple Give, but that's, I was on the platform, I wasn't checking the football score, I was giving on Simple Give, I want to be a part of everything that's going on here, but there should be some preparation, it should never be this, and I'll move on, are we going to church today? By the way, don't ask your kids, you know, little Johnny's five, do you want to go to church today? What kid does at eight in the morning? You want to go back to bed? Hey, going to church today. I'm tired. I know. You can take a nap when we get home. So let's be ready. Number four, there's worship. There's worship. Verse six, and Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. I like that. Does that we bless God? No, no. The great God. They made sure that we understood that. It wasn't just any, the great God. He's great. That's why we bless him. And all the people answered, amen, amen with lifting up their hands and bowed their heads. They were, they were in reverence to the Lord and worshiped the Lord. Look at this, with their face to the ground. Now, there was, there was an exciting part of the service. Amen, amen. But they also thought about what was going on. And by the way, they realized that the reason that they had to come back 
is because of how they had displeased the Lord their, 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 their generation before. And they didn't want that. They didn't want God's judgment. And they thought about that. But the point is, there was a focus on God. What, what is worship? Now, let me say this. Worship isn't music. Where did we get this idea? I just love the worship in my church. No, you love the rock band. That's there for 25 minutes. And somebody living their uh, 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 American Idol fantasy. That's not what worship is. You know what worship is? Ascribing worth to something. Stopping and thinking, you know what? God is worthy. He is worthy of my life. He is worthy of my reverence. Now, by the way, I will say this. Music can do that. Have you ever heard a song and you're thinking about how wonderful God is and you're telling him, Lord, you are wonderful. That's worship. But music isn't worship. It can lead us to worship. Worship is a decision that God, you are, you are, you are incredible and you deserve a place in my life. They praised him. Do you ever praise God? Praise, like, Lord? Not just, you know, and I, I'm all for the amens and all that. Uh, keep it up. But do we think about it? You know, Lord, you are good to me. I can think of this, 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 and this. You are good to me. We hear something about our salvation, and we just stop and think for a second. You did save me, and I was a wretch, and I don't deserve your salvation. Church ought to do that. Not come in and, hey, you know, 12 steps to financial prosperity, and I'm all for financial prosperity. Unless you tithe, then I'm not. Unless you don't tithe. But I'm all for God blessing your finances. Don't get me wrong. But if all we want to hear is things that are good for me, but no responsibility towards God, that's not worship. Okay? And by the way, the good part is, you know what the good part is? God is so good to us when we don't deserve it. And so, number five, there's attentiveness. There's attentiveness. Verse seven, towards the end. And the Levites caused the people to understand the law. They didn't just get up and give it. They made sure they understood it. But look at this. And the people stood in their place. They just stood there focused in as he was trying to make it real to them. They were attentive. By the way, did, you did catch that part where they were reading the scripture for like morning to afternoon. They were there for a long time. Okay? And, um, and so, not that we stay a long time, but we should focus in. There has to be attentive. You do understand that when you're doing anything that's spiritual, Satan comes in, all, your, all these thoughts come to your mind. You'll be sitting, look, trust me, I fought this. You'll be sitting in a church service, pastor's up preaching, you look at the window, I'm like, how many panes are there in that thing? One, two, three. How many, how many lights do we have? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Someone count these for me, and then I'm going to ruin your service by telling you up front you don't need to count it. Right? Focus in on what's important. I remember years ago, we used to teach, when Pastor was here in the early days, we used to have a Tuesday and Thursday Bible study. We were going through the New Testament. Pastor had Tuesday and I had Thursday. And I took, I would take my kids sometimes, I think it was Allison, and they were really little. I'm like, look, I gave her a notebook, and I'm like, um, I said, just write down pictures of things that you are thinking of from what I said. You know, get them thinking. Afterwards, she came up, and she had a picture of me, and a little bubble, it said, um, and it said, you said, um, 57 times. <laughs> Remember that, Allison? Okay, I'm like, that's not exactly what we were shooting for. Okay, it's like, you know, like, you know, God spoke to my heart. Yeah, he said, quit saying, um. 
said, no, I'm was sitting in the service. So, But that'll, by the way, you get down to pray. What happens when you get down to pray? All of a sudden, you get a grocery list. I, I got to take care of this today. I didn't pay the insurance bill. Like, okay, God's not going to pay it. You can do that later, all right? But that happens. We read the Bible, and we've read two pages, and we stop like, wait a minute. What in the world did I just read? How many know I'm talking? Your mind's just checking out. You have to focus on purpose if you're going to be attentive. Number six, I got to hurry. I just got a couple left and we'll be good. There's preaching. Verse eight. So they read in the book of the, of the law of God distinctly. Daniel tried with the names. He did the best he could, all right? And gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. You see the progression there. They didn't just get up and read and go home. They read it and they gave the sense. What does that mean? That's what preaching is. When you read it and say you gave the sense, here is the, here is the background of why this was written and what was going on that was written and here's the, the meaning of it and then there's application. We don't just get up and say, hey, Nehemiah and them, they built a wall. Isn't that, isn't that cool? What was that all about? It's about faith, it was about vision, it was about caring, it was about compassion. And so you give the sense. The Bible is very practical. There's a word we'll use, I, don't even, I think it may be in our tracks, relevant. Now some people have corrupted that word. The relevant means we're going to bring the Bible down to man's level. That's not what relevant means. What relevant means is the Bible speaks to everything that we're going through in this life. Speaks to every facet of our life. It's not just some book where you come in and understand that Daniel was in the lion's den. You might, we figure out why he was in the lion's den, what happened because he was in the lion's den, and what kind of qualities and truths do we learn from the lion's den. It's not just a story. And so there has to be preaching, and preaching ought to be specific. It ought to be distinct. We ought to understand what it is. It ought to be direct. Give the sense. Well, pastor, sometimes you're just a little bit pointed. I'll stop being pointed when the Bible is. Because sometimes I read the Bible and it's like, ouch. That was, you know, that's hoeing a little too close to my garden, all right? That, that, that's a, that, you know, that haircut got, a, I don't need a haircut, but it's a little bit too close there. And then it's got to be delivered. It's got to be part of their life. And then the last two things go together and they'll be very brief. Number seven, there's response. Uh, verse 9, and Nehemiah, which is the uh, Tishhata, and Ezra the priest, the scribe, and the Levites that taught the people. They were the key leaders, Nehemiah, Ezra, and the priest, the key leaders of the whole service. Said unto the people, this day is holy unto the Lord your God. Mourn not nor weep. Here's the key. For the, all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Why did they weep? Because they got it. They understood it. And by the way, they had the law books. The law books talked about the promises, right? Hey, you're going to go into the promised land. If you do this, I'll bless you. If not, you're going to be judged, and you're going to be sent out, and they're coming back from that. And they understood it, but it, it, they got it, and it bothered them, and they were convicted. That's where the tears and the weeping come in. But you know what they said? They said, hey, hey, don't do that, because the, 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 the point of the message is that when it's pointed is to bum you out. It's to get you to know what's going on and know the truth so it can be fixed, right? Sometimes we need encouragement, reprove, rebuke, uh, uh, exhort, all, that, all those things. Why? Because sometimes we need a hug. Sometimes we need a kick. Sometimes we need, sometimes we need encouragement. Other times 
We need reality. And so that's not the whole point. The point is they got it. They weren't, I've had, it hasn't happened in a while, but I've had people come and maybe they don't like something that's said and they're like, I'm leaving. Like, okay. I mean, sometimes I don't like what I say. You know, I just got to deal with it. But it's like, just, just think it through. If it's truth, follow it. If it's something God said, don't argue with it. But let's get it. God has something for us each and every time we open the Bible, whether it's teaching, preaching, reading. And so we want to respond. We have invitations here, right? You say, Pastor, what is that all about when people come down here? It doesn't mean these are a bunch of sinners. Well, we're all sinners, but you know what I'm saying. It doesn't mean, oh, here comes, let me see who the reprobates. No. God may have spoke to us about something. It might be something as small as, you know what? I need to be more exhorting to people. And so we just want to come down and say, Lord, help me with that. I want to be the kind of person that's encouraging to others. And maybe I'm not doing it like I should. Lord, can you help me to do that? Do you understand the difference there? And so they responded. And then the last thing, and this is part of the response, and it's a good thing. There's joy. After he said the people were crying, they said, hey, don't cry. This is a holy day. Then they said unto him, go your way. Eat your fat. Drink the sweet. They're talking about lunch. Send portions unto whom nothing is prepared. Hey, if someone didn't bring a lunch, uh, share with them. For this day is holy unto the Lord. By the way, that, that obviously was a priority. It's a holy day. Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites stilled the people, saying, Hold your peace. This day is holy. Neither be ye grieved. Yes, you're understanding what God says, but don't let it convict you so you're down. Let it encourage you so you get to where God wants you to be. And then in verse 12, and all the people went their way to eat, to drink, to send portions, and to make great mirth because they had understand the words that were declared unto them. In other words, they were encouraged by what they heard. And he said, look, don't go home sad. God spoke to you. Yeah, but he spoke to me about an area where I'm struggling right now. Be thankful God spoke to you. He's speaking to you not to condemn you that you're at that place so that you're encouraged. Hey, I'm getting out of that place. Things are going to be better. Church is not a downer. Church ought to be a, an upper. Although I'm back old enough, I know what an upper is. So, you know, it's, It ought to be encouraging. You say, yeah, but past God really dealt with me. Aren't you glad he did? He deals with all of us all the time. Aren't you glad God's trying to, to, to make you more like Jesus Christ? And so as we learn and we respond to the word of God, we go out with joy because God's working in our life. Don't, isn't that what you want? Church ought not be a place where we just come, we do our spiritual, it's like, you know, spiritual time clock. I checked in, I put my time in, now I'm going to go do what I want to do. No, we ought to be encouraged. And if we do these things, we can be encouraged. How's your church experience? We do what we do. It's structured for a purpose. I want us to focus on the Lord and allow him to work in our lives. If we're struggling in an area, I want to be strengthened. If we're strengthened in an area, I want to be encouraged to go out and do more and help others. That's the purpose of church. And that's why we do the things that we do. Let's stand together this morning, if we may. Every head bowed, every eye closed, just for a minute, please. Just for a minute. I want us to reflect on, on what we've heard today. Every head bowed, every eye closed. How's your church experience? Is it leading you to draw closer to the Lord? Is it encouraging you in the scriptures? 
Does God speak to your heart? Do you come saying, Lord, I'm coming this morning. I want to be encouraged. I want to be, I want to, I, I want to be, I want to worship. I want to see how great you are. And I want that greatness reflected in my life. And Lord, if there's anything you want me to do, you're speaking to me about, may I, may I, may I be stronger in that area or may I be corrected in that area or may I help others in those areas. That's what church is for. It's for him, not us. And the benefit of understanding that is that it helps us. Maybe you're here this morning and uh, this is all kind of new to you. And maybe you're not even really a Christian. What I mean by that, you're not sure that you are in God's family, that you are his child. What does that mean? That means we know the answer to this question. If we were to die today, would we be 100% for sure that we would go to heaven or do we have any doubt? With no one looking around, maybe that's you. You'd say, you know, pastor, I am not 100% for sure if I were to die today, I'd go to heaven, but that's something I'd like to know. Pastor, would you pray for me? Nobody looking around. If you just put your hand up real quick and let me see it, I'll pray for you. Anybody at all? Then you put it back down. Yes. Anybody? See you, see you back there. Is God speaking to you in the services? When we leave today, when we walk out here saying, I'm thankful I was here, I'm thinking a little bit more about God and God's working in my life a little bit more because I was here. I don't know what God spoke to you about. We were kind of all over the map this morning. But if God spoke to you, why don't you come as a piano plays? Come on. That's what this altar is for. Come down and say, Lord, yes, I get that. I want you to work in my life. I want the scriptures to speak to me. I want to be encouraged. Maybe there's something in our life you've been discouraged about. God spoke to you about. Don't go out discouraged. Go out encouraged that God wants to work in your life. God wants that to be better in your life. 